Hello and welcome to Zookeeping 101. This is the Zookeeper podcast where we take you behind the scenes talking to professionals in the industry about their stories, words of wisdom and journey so far to get to where they are today, really showing you what it takes to be a zookeeper. All views throughout the podcast shared are of those speaking alone and in no way reflect the collections they work for. So please come along for the journey, enjoy the ride and thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to Zookeeping 101. My name's James Dennis, I'm your presenter, and today we're talking all about colleges and universities within the industry. And today I'm very happy to introduce to you Imogen Ryan. Now, welcome Imogen to the show. Hello. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you, yeah. Good, good. Um, If you want to introduce yourself to all our lovely listeners, exactly who you are, where you come from and what position you hold. Yeah, no problem. So I currently work at a land-based college in the northeast of the UK, East Durham College. So I work at our uh, land-based campus and I'm the senior technician there and I also essentially manage the animal unit. Amazing, amazing. Now obviously to get into any role within the industry you're very lucky to just roll into it most people have to work very hard and and have a story to tell do do you have any real landmark moments any stepping stones between you know the early days of when you maybe first got inspired to animals to to now is it is there a journey yeah so a bit sort of unconventional i guess i did my a levels at sixth form i wanted to be a lawyer and then sharpish changed that when i started doing government and politics and it was very boring so i decided to change my tact a bit managed to get into university with psychology a level so i didn't have any science a levels whatsoever i was lucky enough to sort of use that psychology in that way went to the university of lincoln and i did bsc in animal behavior and welfare so i loved that it's a nice small city so nothing too overwhelming and while i was there i did a fair bit of volunteering I've always really, really loved animals. Like most keepers will say, you know, I've always been passionate about them, really interested in them, sat in the garden catching ladybirds when I was four, you know, on holiday, everyone else would be in the pool and I'd be out like trying to catch lizards. (laughs) So yeah, I went to university, did a fair bit of volunteering. So I volunteered with the Retired Greyhound Trust. I did sort of street collecting with Guide Dogs for the Blind and I volunteered at a wildlife hospital as well. And then at that point, I still really wasn't sure, even in my third year, of what I wanted to go into. My course was quite sort of theoretical base we didn't have too much practical sort of stuff and the practical we did have would often be sort of dissections or we went to a chicken farm once so like I think we went to a zoo once and I enjoyed it but it wasn't like the main bulk of the course so then I started sort of looking around for things that I could do as I was coming to a close and stumbled across uh, an internship at Jersey Zoo. Uh, it was called Durrell still back then. For it and thought, oh, I probably won't hear anything back. Like, I didn't even really know like where Jersey was in comparison to England. But I put in for it and went for it and then heard back and thought, oh, great. Like, I'll go and I'll either hate it and realize this is not for me I don't want to be a zookeeper and then I can try something else or I'll go and I'll love it and I went and I loved it that was my first sort of like footstep into zookeeping I then kept on as a temporary staff member for a few months just covering staff who were off sick or I covered someone who left in the interim between finding someone new and then I did another sort of seasonal role at Chessington so I was there for about 10 months after that, Painton Zoo for about three and a half years. And then I've been at the college for, will be coming up three and a half years this summer as well. Quite a journey. And obviously it shows there's many ways into the industry. I, I had no idea you've been over to, to Durrell as well. That's a 
very nice little landmark for you in itself for sure and I'm sure each of those steps have definitely molded you into the person you, you see today now obviously I'm sure the the listeners are eager to know are there when creating a CV the CV is almost the you're, you're embodying yourself to your future employer hopefully and, and showing what you actually are about what are your three top tips behind the creation of a CV what you should put into it what what it should have and, and so on what what's important what are, what are your top three so I definitely say don't make it too long if you can fit everything on one page perfect like I haven't managed to master that my CV is two pages long I can't figure out a way to get it shorter than two pages but it is quite like concise and snappy you don't want to sort of ramble I would say to make sure that you tweak it as well to each individual job so it can be really easy to just sort of like pull your CV out and be like oh yeah that's done I've not done anything else then off it goes but if you're applying for you know one month you're applying for a job working with specifically carnivores and the next you're applying for a role like myself in a college where you're going to have a really diverse mix of species and be working with children you know you need to tweak that a little bit to try and make the things that are going to matter to that institution stand out I also tend to sort of put my references on my CV as well just to make it a bit easier and quicker hopefully yeah I'd say they're the sort of top three things obviously from your career you know through for all of it what advice do you have to our listeners in regards to your, your career, what you've learned and, and what you could maybe pass on to them? I always tell our students and other sort of staff members who are maybe looking to move into a different sector. Like I think volunteering is so important. I think it shows whichever industry you're in. I think it shows that you're really keen and interested in that sector. I mean, like I said before, I volunteered for Guide Dogs for the Blind and it had nothing to do with hands-on animals work it was literally me stood in Lincoln city center in the pouring down rain with a little like cash bucket thing hoping that people would donate and I just wanted to give whatever I could into supporting those charities and and add into my CV to show that I was happy to be involved no matter what that sort of entailed I think trying to home in on if it's zookeeping in particular those basic skills so if you can sweep if you can tidy your kitchen properly if you've got good observational skills there are all things that from day one people are going to pick up on and see and they're hopefully going to make you stand out and I think also a lot of the time you hear people say that they want to work with animals because they don't like people but <laughs> zookeeping you know you've got to have that friendly demeanor you constantly surrounded by the public so it's part and parcel of the job to have that friendly demeanor and and want to educate people and yeah you're in the public eye all the time so I think that can be a bit of a common misconception yeah no for sure some some great advice there and I, I couldn't agree more obviously you're only going to be able to educate your, your public but also your, your team if you do have that friendly demeanor and are happy to talk so very much passion enthusiasm will shine through if you if you go with that and I think that is a very core element of zookeeping so I could not agree more we're going to move on then, and I'm going to jump into the, the question, which is, I guess, interviewing like a pro. It's, you know, we talked about the CV. Once you've got your CV in and you've managed to get through that first element, I guess the, the next phase is, as I say, is, is trying to complete the interview and, and put yourself across without getting too nervous, without maybe saying the wrong thing or, in your opinion, the wrong thing. 
what what would you say your top tips are for an interview whether it be the attire you wear through to what you say through to how you present yourself what what would you say I think if it's not clear and you, you've you know you've managed to get an interview and you're going to a zoo for an interview or to another sort of animal establishment if it's not clear contact them and say look I'm really pleased that I've got an interview is there anything in particular I should wear I think you may as well just ask if you don't get an answer I'd say go sort of leaning towards the smart side of things so trousers and a smart top like sensible issues and then bring a change of clothes because that shows that you're prepared but you want to show yourself in a professional manner you know if you don't hear back just do that and let them know you know as soon as you walk in oh I just like to let you know that I have brought a change of clothes if there is a practical element and then you know that's immediately going to show people that you're prepared you've thought about it you've not just rocked up and been like yeah this'll do so definitely that in terms of sort of clothing definitely read up about the organization I think there's almost no point you go into an interview if you know barely anything about the establishment because how do you know you're actually going to enjoy working there and they likely will ask you something about maybe like a breeding project that they do or who's on their board of trustees something like that and even if they don't it's good to show them that you have researched that to show that you're interested not only in the job but in the establishment and as well I'd just say be honest as possible if you don't know something tell them you don't know because they will be able to see through that coming from the other side I have to interview people quite a lot nowadays and you can tell <laughs> if someone's trying to sort of blag their way through you can tell and it stands out much more if someone just says oh I don't actually know and that's something I'd need to improve upon yeah no so once again some some really key advice and it, it hopefully will uh, will help out a few people. Now, we're going to move on and it's kind of going back a bit, but creating a, a path to fly and it's a very hard question. It's something which I don't think there is a true route, but if you were to give up maybe a five point plan to, to become a zookeeper, some nice advice of, of stuff that they could do to achieve so what would you say it's important to have a mix of education and experience so I know that a lot of more sort of old school keepers don't have degrees like it wasn't as pressing back then as it is now but I don't think a degree is important just for the sort of educational aspect you know it massively helped me mature and grow up it got me used to living away from home being independent and there all the sorts of things you're going to need if you want to work in a zoo I think homing in on that volunteering again as well like wherever it may be even if it's in pets at home you know working um doing a bit of volunteering there or having a, a one day a week shift just to get your foot in the door I think as well as that showing you know whether it be while you're at college or in university or doing a keeper for a day showing that you've got initiative you know being brave and putting yourself out there and, and saying you know could I leave my contact details next time there is a opportunity for volunteering I'd love to know and be involved trying to get yourself out there and it can be really scary but just putting yourself out there and being brave in those you know couple of minutes it takes to say are there any opportunities at the minute? If you've touched on the the best of the, the three, the experience, the, you know, the, effectively, I think I truly believe that, and it's a question I ask in the other podcasts, and that is what should they pick? What should a student pick? Education or experience? And what route should they go down? I think your answer has touched on both, but also one of my key elements, and hopefully what this is about, and that's about connecting. It's about networking. It's about coming together and, and being brave that moment of bravery can really pay off yeah I think as well like social media is really important 
be careful about what you post on social media because it's there forever. But also things like LinkedIn, that can be a really important and useful tool to have. It's one whereby like it is purely professional. So, you know, if you reach out to someone on there, it's on a professional basis and be brave and, and put those feelers out there to ask if people have opportunities for you to come and spend a day at their collection even just ask some questions about, you know, potential future opportunities. I think just try and get your your foot in the door where you can. Totally. Couldn't agree. Could not agree more. Now, we're moving on to part of the podcast that I'm sure our listeners will be very accustomed to now. And that is the big questions. Now, these are an array of questions which are, are spoke about, they did debated and, and very much at times almost shied away from because it is something we all know about, we just don't talk about. So we're going to give it a go and we'll see how we get how we get on. Now, number one, do you think that the, the jump between students and the industry is larger than it should be? And, and if so, should the bond need to get stronger? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I do think that the jump is huge. I don't think that there is enough insight into what the job role actually entails and it can massively change from one day to another as well I think in colleges we need more people who have that industry experience to try and guide the students and inform them on what they're I don't want to say getting themselves in for because that usually has like negative connotations but what they're what to expect when they do get into that job role what they're putting themselves forwards for and the fact that it's not all picking up animals and cuddling them and it's not going to be like training animals all day and it's not going to be walking in there and saying well I want to work with you know the tigers and lions because they're my favorites you can't just walk in and expect that you might have to start somewhere where you didn't necessarily think you would or think you'd enjoy so I definitely think there's a, a massive gap and not enough currently there's not enough call up between zoos and education facilities I think if we could work towards you know a few times a year having different people from zoos whether it be you know one term it's keeper the next it's someone from education the next it's someone from research to show all the different avenues you can go down to give a realistic overview of what those job roles are like in addition to that I think that I mean my internship was invaluable to me that's how I got into zookeeping it was a massive like foot in the door you know I did my internship then it was a job then a job then another job then another job and I feel I've done quite well for myself and it really did help having that internship and having Jersey as my first zoo establishment on my CV however I do see more and more now that internships are being paid but I do think it's it's difficult because if you've got someone who's really intelligent, they're really keen, but they just don't have the funds to support themselves doing a unpaid internship, you've lost someone there who could be amazing. So I do think that there needs to be more paid internships available, even if they're just for four weeks, you know, they don't have to be six months long. Often students can't commit to that length of time anyway. And I think, you know, three to four weeks would be a good dipping your toe in to see if you like it. And also seeing if that student would be beneficial to your collection i think you're exactly right it's, it's there's definitely i mean we can always improve there's definitely more connectivity needed i think from a from a student point of view i did it myself i went into the industry thinking i'm a mammal keeper 
that's as simple as yeah i'm a mammal keeper and yet my first job i, I did myself went through pets home I, I worked with fish then on to birds then to inverts and then ended up with mammals so never rule anything out because it, it, it can lead you absolutely anywhere so you're exactly right now to flip that around then is do you feel that students and it kind of reflects on the last question to a certain degree but are, are students getting all the tools they need currently in education to become a zookeeper um and, and, and if they are then great if they're not what else can we do yeah definitely i would say not i think the amount of students that we currently have studying animal care they're just you know there are not the jobs out there um as much as everyone would love them to be animal care has become so an animal management and animal behavior and you know they're all sort of in the same realm <laughs> but it's become so popular over the last sort of five to ten years I'd say that we're churning out so many people ready for industry and there just aren't the jobs out there so I think we need to perhaps be more realistic in terms of how many nationwide how many students can go through these qualifications but also making sure that there are a relevant number of placements for them relevant opportunities for them to see where they're going to fit and where they're going to work well and I also do think that a lot of the sort of initial positions not just in zoos but across the board in the animal industry you know they're asking for a multitude of experience which they just can't get because there aren't the places for them to all go and there aren't the opportunities. I think that industries are missing out on some great potential employees because they're just potentially in an area of the country where there aren't those placements there for them. It's a tricky thing and it's, you know, we've covered it in, in many episodes before this and that that is, we're currently not a trade, you know, we're not a registered trade anyway. And that comes with everything. It comes with the, the the pay, the what's needed to be a zookeeper. And I think with the likes of, and I'm fully aware that the likes of Biaza and so on are really pushing to try and correct this and, and push us forwards further. So hopefully that will be achieved soon and, and hopefully it'll go back up the line and but also down the line uh, to, to help all. So we'll, we'll see what the future holds, but you know, you're, you're exactly right. Exactly right. Now, the third one is a question we've covered it a little bit earlier on, but it's a question we've asked in loads. You might be biased, so we'll see. But in your opinion, then, the agile question, what's more relevant? Is it three years experience or is it in the form of a degree or an equivalent? What would you recommend? What would you say if you if you were to have to go down one one route? Is there a right route or, or not? It's a really difficult question because I, I do... I always say to people both, like you've got to have that mix of both, like because having the education there obviously lays a foundation for you. You've you've got the scientific knowledge and background to fall back on. And I do think people should have a base level of knowledge and qualifications in order to be able to to work with, you know, these incredible animals in these facilities. I do think that that is only right. However, I understand that it's not always possible for everyone. I kind of picked just one. I think you've got to have that mix. I mean, I loved my degree. And as I said, it, it didn't only give me the sort of scientific knowledge I needed to, to get into the roles that I have. It also matured me as a person. I couldn't have imagined going straight into working in a zoo at 18 from college. I just, you know, I wasn't mature enough and hadn't grown up enough I didn't have those sort of life skills and yeah but I, I do also think you can't just go into 
a job with no industry experience like I think you can be the most intelligent person in the world but unless you've worked at least a little bit in the industry and it doesn't have to be paid work voluntary often is more impressive than paid work but I think you've you've got to have a balance of both for sure now we're moving on to the next one of these big questions and that, and that is if it's very hard obviously that you've just said it you know there's there's many courses out there there's many educational routes um that you can pick from if you were to to speak to the listeners now and and to advise someone who's looking into this into into that you know changing of career to through to that first stopping their educational route what course should they be targeting you know what what what's the the educational route that that really suits a zookeeper i mean i guess going from personal experience like i've said my degree was not practical whatsoever i got my sort of practical skills through voluntary which i guess yeah proved that i'm capable of going out there and finding those things for myself i have also done dimso which is the diploma in the management of zoo and aquarium animals however i did that once i was already working for a zoo and i've met people who've tried to do that whilst being a volunteer or even not working in a zoo and it's it's much more challenging because you don't have those you know those different keepers and people who work on horticulture or you know people who work in maintenance there to to contact and help you with it I would genuinely say the I guess a valuable thing that I've done and I think would be most valuable for other students and I do try and push them to to seek them out is internships I guess if they're unpaid and they're only for a matter of weeks some people can possibly afford them you know they can save up and afford to go it's not like a right this is your name signed on the dot paper and you're here now forever and you can't leave it's a dipping your toe in seeing whether you like it seeing whether the employer's like you and getting a real nice feel for is this the sort of correct um environment for you to work in I'd say definitely it's not necessarily a course but I don't think there is a perfect course for zookeepers I think it depends on where you are what point of your life you're at but I think internships are great and I would say they should be more readily available as well for potentially sort of mature students or people who are changing career paths because there's lots of stipulations with them currently about you know you have to currently be in your second year of university or you've got to be currently enrolled on an animal program and that's not always possible so I think they're brilliant but they should be more available for a wider range of people Italian. we're nearly there don't worry we've nearly battled our way through the big questions we're on that last one and that, and that is what does it take to lecture to, to to work in a college and i guess you could argue the the alternative role within the industry what what really goes into it you've got to be very adaptable so every day things chop and change it's much more mentally challenging i would say having worked in both sectors it's more mentally challenging than my work ever was as a zookeeper because you've not only got all of these animals to care for, you've also got, you know, hundreds of children (laughs) that you need to, you know, make sure they're in a safe environment. You want to provide them with the best quality education that you can, whilst also like monitoring their behaviour, making sure they're not dropping the hamster, you know, it's (laughs) and remembering that you've got to medicate like animal A, B, C, D. You've got a rabbit that's escaped. You've got a goat that's got scabies. So it's all of these different things intertwined. It's nowhere near as physically challenging. You know, I'm on my feet a lot, but I'm not walking the 30,000 steps a day I used to anymore. You've got to be very adaptable and you've got to be 
a people person as well because you're working with hundreds of different people who all have different characters and personalities and being able to be level-headed as well I think is and keeping you cool <laughs> is quite important yeah no totally but just off the back of that from a zookeeper to a college was it literally just a different a change in career was it down to other factors so since I guess since I was sort of 17 I moved away from home went to university and then you know hop from Jersey to Chessington to Paynton and my family are all based in the northeast so I'd been away for sort of eight years by this point and one aspect was that I did want to be closer to home I think it's incredibly important in zookeeping particularly to have a really good support network because if you don't have that it can be much more challenging than it already is I also that you know there was like with any job you might not necessarily agree with all of management decisions and that became more and more pressing in my last role that I was in in the zoo and ultimately it became that it, it wasn't very good for my personal mental health I took various steps to try and help and improve that but Ultimately, I thought, you know what, like, I don't think this is going to get any better for me. I'm going to look for jobs back in the Northeast. I did apply for zoo jobs, but I actually thought, you know, maybe I could do with a complete change and see what it's like working in a different sector. Because I went straight from university into zookeeping thinking, well, I'll either love it or I'll hate it. And I never tried anything else. So I thought, well, now's the, the opportunity to try it. I genuinely did not think I would hear back because I'd never worked in an education setting before. But when I went for my interview and looked around, I, I loved it. Like I was really excited at the prospect of, of being able to work there and, you know, put my stamp on the place. And yeah, I haven't looked back since. So definitely the right decision for me. No, it's, it's great. It sounds sounds good moving back home. Obviously, you've got that network, you should say. Um, and I, I guess to, before we go on to the, I guess, the, the final element of this this episode, it's a weird way to phrase it, but we'll see what you answer with it. And that is... Do you still feel part of the industry being at a college? Um, I do in some ways and don't in other ways. So I've still maintained some really close friends. You know, I've got lifelong friends from working in various seas that, you know, they're, they're my very best friends and I keep in contact with them. And, you know, I have many contacts that I used to work with who you know were friends and I guess we don't see each other anymore but they're still there as like valuable contacts for advice and I do feel that I had enough sort of years in the industry it wasn't loads but five and a half years I feel is is a decent chunk of time out of your life to be able to say that yeah I guess I am still connected with the industry I use what I've learned and my experience from the industry to in my current job, I guess, bring things up to a higher standard. I can use what I know to teach the students and make sure that they're of the understanding of, well, this isn't actually replicating what you'd find in the zoo. This is what you would find in the zoo. And I think a lot of the time I said before, we don't have that many people in colleges currently who have had that experience and can say, you know, I've been there, I've, I've done that. And now I'm passing this information on to you. I do think there could be a better sort of connection between the two. I do sometimes feel as soon as you mention you are no longer a keeper or you work in an education facility, that sort of level of interest from 
some people disappears um, and it can be quite a cliquey environment to work in however I'm quite a sort of happy-go-lucky person and I'll go and talk to anyone <laughs> and I won't let that sort of put me off but I guess if people were a bit more shy or reserved they could feel more isolated from that than I do but I've really I've tried to sort of keep my my toe in I guess as well no great great answer and I think where I was going with that question which you hit the nail on the head and that is all levels of the industry should be should feel part of it does you know as all these episodes are, are highlighting everyone's been through the same stories you know whether you're an owner of a zoo or a director all the way down to a student I assure you we've all been there we've all done it we've all we've all got the the little stamp to say you know we've we've gone through it whether it be for education or whether it be through experience we've all got a story to tell and we've all had our own uh things to fight and um yeah we're a bit cheesy to say it like this but we are we are all in it together and we are a community after all so uh very much so so yeah no very very well put now you'll be able to know that's the big question's gone okay you cashed them in there they're put to one side we're now on to the quick fire rounds now this area it's a bit iffy to, on a quick fire round some people treat it like a quick fire and get very competitive some people say a question and it erupts into conversation it's fine whatever way it goes but we'll, we'll see how we get on now your first question is your favorite animal so 100 zebra best animals i've ever worked with <laughs> everyone knows i'm mad on zebras i spent about a year and a half at painting training at the stallion there so we had a hartman's mountain zebra stallion he he wouldn't come anywhere near you he was very fearful and i got him to the point of not even wanting to look at you to go in in his stable on cue letting me sort of touch down his legs pinch his neck ready for injection so it's sort of my proudest achievement to date and they're just because they're so bolshy and you know they've got a lot of attitude being able to break through that and build a bond with that animal and other zebras i work with as well they're just awesome great words now your next one this is where i think i am stitching you up but we'll see and that is your top tip for mental health right so i would say like having someone or multiple people ideally to talk to about things that you've gone through at work you, you've got to have that support network there and if you don't it's it can be really really isolating it, you know if you don't have anyone family friends wise it might be wise to sort of invest in a counselor just someone impartially you can talk to about your week totally some very good words now a bit left field your favorite film gladiator <laughs> yeah, it's a solid film very long film a very good film it is i love it <laughs> okay then so the, the best part of the industry i would say like working with incredible species that you know a lot of people haven't heard of before species that are extinct in the wild so just to name a couple i've worked with scimitar horned oryx black lion tamarins at one point i believe he was the only echidna in the uk bruce at painton so yeah working with some amazing animals that you know 10 years ago I, I didn't know what they were either <laughs> yeah some, some great words now this could go anywhere quite literally and that is what zoo globally would you like to visit and why so I would probably say the wilds which I believe is in Ohio second favorite animal is probably Mishmitarkin worked with them at Peyton fell in love with them and they always post amazing videos and footage of them they're like massive herd of talk in there so i'd love to go and see them in a huge sort of herd setting that's a great great shout now the next one then is what what one trait has allowed you to get to where you are today what one attribute so 
this is a very northern phrase, but they always say a shy bairn's getting out, which basically means if you don't ask, you don't get. So I'm very much of the impression of, you know, just go and ask. The worst thing they can do is say no. My boss at Dural Dom taught me about <laughs> pester power. Said, look, just go and pester them until you get an answer. And there's a fine line between being too overwhelming and not being forthcoming enough. But definitely, I think just go and ask them once. And if they say no, they've said no, you haven't lost anything. Certainly. Now, this next one, I, I don't have an answer for it, but I think you've you, you pretty much answered it by what you've gone on to do. But if you weren't doing what you're doing today, what, what would you be doing? What role? I love organising stuff. So I think I would possibly want to be like an events organizer which is probably a really weird choice but yeah I, I just love organizing things <laughs> yeah no it's a it's a great show it's a great show now the the next one is a bit of a flip of the coin compared to the previous question and that is what would you improve within the industry my role now is very like health and safety focused because i'm surrounded by you know 300 kids <laughs> every week i do think the zoo industry on the whole needs a massive like health and safety revamp being mindful that not everyone is the same and that what may be fine for one person could injure someone else and just being more mindful and sensitive of that I think yeah I, I just think a bit more sort of focus on that across the board I, I could agree more very much so now the next one you've touched on a few names rather so it'll be interesting to see where you go with this but Who's your idol within the industry? So if I had to pick like a celebrity, I'd say Ben Fogel, because since being tiny, I used to watch Animal Park and I loved him. I still watch him now. I've been seeing him live and he's just seems like a really genuine, sort of kind, inspiring person. If I had to say someone, you know, more realistic that I know, I'm going to put a shout out to my old boss, Sam. So Sam Whitbread at Chessington. He's hands down the best boss I've ever had. He was really just, you know, really kind, inspiring. He makes sure everyone gets involved, gives everyone a fair chance. It doesn't matter if you've been there for 10 years or 10 weeks. You know, he, he really treats everyone with respect. And I would say that Chessington's sort of the funnest place I've ever worked and the most like inclusive place. So definitely he's hands down best boss I've had got a lot of respect for him yeah some really really kind words now we're, we're nearly there we're on that last question and that last question is one of the hardest in my opinion and that is i want you now to summarize the industry in only three words that is a really difficult question <laughs> so i'd say that it's challenging it, not only physically you know i'm the fittest i've ever been working as a zookeeper i had massive guns but um I'd get home and I would hurt. It's also mentally challenging as well. You know, you see some really tough things. You have to, you know, potentially make some really difficult decisions. However, it's a really unique experience. I say that because it's not going to be the same for anyone. You're going to have different experiences, no matter who you are, where you are. And it is a really unique and special experience for every different individual. The final thing I guess I'd say is, I don't want to end on a negative, but it is a little bit, it's just underfunded in the UK. So when you go and visit zoos across Europe in particular, like I've been to quite a few zoos in France, I come away absolutely amazed. Like, They've got so much money going into them. It's incredible. And, you know, when you sometimes compare that to zoos in the UK, there's a lot to be desired. And it's not through, you know, lack of those zoos trying. 
I just think, you know, they are massively underfunded and more probably government funding needs to go into it to bring some sort of enclosures and facilities up to scratch. Yeah, no, totally. Three very, very suitable and great words. And I think the the, the thing you touched on at the end, I think only reiterates this changing of the, the government guidelines coming in potentially how zoos have to represent themselves. I think that will only increase this and, and, and help that further. So I think the industry is very much open to improvement and I think it will come. So uh, we'll, we'll see what time will time will tell for sure. Now, unfortunately, for, for myself and the listeners anyway, we are towards the end of this episode. Um, thank you from myself and the listeners so, so much for coming on, Imogen. It's been really nice having you on. Oh, no problem at all. It's been nice chatting all things Zoom. And, yeah, and talk the hind legs off with donkey. So thanks for having me. <laughs> very much enjoyed you having on and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again very, very soon. Oh, lovely. Thanks, James. Right, no worries. Take care of yourself. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. And that concludes this week's episode. What an amazing guest and an amazing time we had. Now, if you have enjoyed it, please do subscribe on Instagram, Facebook, or our podcast channels to Zookeeping 101. I can't express how thankful I am personally from a fellow zookeeper to have you along for this quite amazing journey, learning about everything zookeeper. Otherwise, please subscribe. Thank you for listening and see you very, very soon. Bye.